I've never had a host just run out of the room on a podcast. A couple members of the Randy Newman fandom discussing one of his songs at random, followed by another that's a cover. It's Wheel of Randy. Well, if you don't be my little woman, and I won't buy you a dog on Hey, it's Wheel of Randy, your favorite Randy Newman podcast, part of the Good Trash Media Network. Yeah, you guys know the drill. Let's start the show! It's Wheel of Randy! Folks, we are back. It's been a few weeks, but we are finally back. And I'm thrilled to have on the show today, Lindy, Lindy Mackey. Yeah. All right. Names are important. <laughs> Pronouncing names are important. So Lindy, thank you so much for being here. You are our second Seattle guest. My sister was on a few weeks ago. <laughs> okay. We, I, I told you off pod that uh, I spent my early childhood in Issaquah. So... There is that connection there. But I know you from a couple of things. I know you from Praise Down, where you were an excellent guest. Oh, thank you. Um, for those of you not familiar, Praise Down is our, what do you call it, sister? <laughs> I, we're, Cousin? We're in the same. Weird room. uncle? Weird uncle. Uh, <laughs> oh, that sounds a little creepy. They're nice boys. <laughs> They are the nicest boys. They are the nicest boys. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, I really enjoyed your episode on that, where where you and the boys uh, broke down uh, DC Talks album "Free at Last," which yes. I listened to a lot in the early nineties. So, it <laughs> that to, to to get you doing that. Uh, you also have a podcast of your own, Hello Out There, which yes. uh, I enjoy very much. Why, why don't you explain? Uh, I, I'm not sure I could do it justice. Explain Hello Out There to our listeners. Okay, so Hello Out There is, uh, I think at its simplest, it's an improvised road trip through the post-apocalyptic wasteland. Um it's about a girl uh, played by me and a plant played by my co-host Taylor Davis. And uh, basically my character was raised by scientists in a bunker and she ran away on her 18th birthday and stole a sentient plant experiment. And together they co-host a radio show. So we, uh, we interview characters in the wasteland that are often played by really talented comedians, actors, improvisers, weirdos friends of ours from college, whoever will do the show pretty much, <laughs> but it's fun. I've, I've had, uh, I've tried to picture this plant in my mind and yes. maybe it's intentionally vague, but I can't tell if, if this thing is a, a five foot tall <laughs> fern or if it's, if it's in a little terracotta pot next to you. I think canonically he is small enough to fit into a baby Bjorn because okay. yeah because we've we've talked about that when we're traveling and we're not uh, recording in a stationary setting which in real life Taylor is um 
solidly six foot four. He's a giant and built like a brick house. So it's very funny to picture him fitting on like a windowsill. Yeah. Just a little guy. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's great improv. It's, it's uh, very clever stuff. Do, do you have a, a feel for where it's going? Do you, do you, do you have a, a plot in mind and an ending in sight or is, or is you just going to let the improv take you wherever it takes you? Uh, I'm asking you to give away the ending on the air. Yes, (laughs) it's we didn't set it up to be a limited series, so it could go on for a very long time. Um, I really appreciate the way that Hello from the Magic Tavern models their seasons, which is they're kind of over when they're over. Um, So I definitely have some ideas for a plot point that would quote unquote end a season and, and some ideas for future things. But for now, uh, we're about 16 episodes in. I think this week is 16. So we're um, just kind of having fun with it and, and driving around the U.S. for now uh, in our solar-powered van, just interviewing very interesting people. Um, I think this will come out after this week's episode, but this week's guest is a uh, post-apocalyptic Liza Minnelli. Who... Wonderful. <laughs> lives in a an abandoned theater with a nine-year-old uh wasteland survivor as her assistant and um it's just nonsense <laughs> it is a fun listen so I'm, I'm i'm glad that that i got introduced to that now, how, how do you know we we have all these friends in common but i i don't know are are, are you from oklahoma originally or, or <laughs> no so this is uh, about as dumb as as ways to know people get. So <laughs> I'm 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 paying um, attention now. <laughs> about five or six years ago, when I was in college, I had a canceled television podcast called The Audios Amigos, and <laughs> <laughs> which is a great start. It's a great uh, start. I was in school in Kentucky, and one of my dear friends, Beth. Uh, formerly Gooden, now Benderoff, Beth Benderoff, is uh, an Ardmore, Oklahoma native. And uh, she was at Southwestern Oklahoma State at the time. And we were recording our podcast remotely. And uh, somehow she became acquainted with the Sanchez brothers, which is always trouble. Mm -hmm. And Alex was like one of our first guests way back then. Um. And we stayed in touch over Twitter. And when I started Hello Out There, I knew I needed Alex to be a guest because, I mean, if you've ever listened to the Praise Down, you get it. Oh, yeah. He was guest number <laughs> one for me. I was like, you've he's got to riot. kick this off for me. Yeah. yeah um, he's a riot. And after doing our show, he was like, hey, join the Praise Down Discord. So I did. And that introduced me to Dalton and Kirsten and Heath and a bunch of other people. So uh Dalton and Kirsten have both been on the show they did an incredible job um both of them are absolutely hilarious and we're uh, a couple more people from that circle will be joining us as well it is Um, such a nice group of people I mean so nice yeah hmm. I I feel I feel like kind of the weird like guest in the corner at the party but because I'm not from Oklahoma I'm not a stand-up but everybody there is so great oh you know it doesn't show you absolutely just fit right in thank you uh, to the point that I was like, okay, she's got to be either from Oklahoma or a stand-up and uh, just hasn't been on my radar. <laughs> I'm absolutely neither of those things. <laughs> However, my parents do live in North Texas now, so close enough, right? Yeah, close enough. Yeah. 
I, I tell people that uh, Oklahoma is the New Jersey of Dallas. <laughs> but it's, it's really a bunch awesome. of creative people who can't afford to live in the city, so they're on the outskirts just making stuff. I love that description. That's really fantastic. So how long have you been in, in the Seattle area? Uh, I grew up here, but I've been back since about 2016. Okay. So you've quarantined up there the, the whole time. Oh, right? yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, and you guys saw it early. We did, yeah. What was that uh, nursing home up there that kind of kicked off? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was about half an hour from where I was living at the time. Oh. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is fine. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> just going to lay low, I guess. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I, I will say, like, very grateful to be living in a state that took it seriously and, and had legislation that was all about trying to contain it, but definitely scary at first. Huh. I wonder what that feels like. <laughs> Sadly, a lot of people wonder what that's like, and it really bumps me out. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was up there, oh, about two years ago, you know. In the before times, I was up there, you know, seeing my the sister before times, and, yeah. and my wife had a thing up in Vancouver. So we spent a couple of weeks and I hadn't been since I was a kid. And it was, it was fun to see, it was fun to see the city. It was fun to see the city for, with, with adult eyes for the first time. So. It's extremely different going from having Seattle be like a place that we visited every so often to like visit dad at work downtown to like working downtown as an adult was like night and day. Like the city is bigger and louder and so much more just like trying to be New York. So freaking hard yeah. <laughs> all the time in downtown. It's not even funny, but it's, it's a, it's a good hang. Still yeah. lots of cool things to do and you know, it's not impossible to live here yet. So I'm hanging on. Very good. Very good. <sighs> So before we talk, Randy, I want yes. to get a feel for you musically. And the way we've been mm-hmm. doing that lately has been kind of a stump the band question. And that's oh been a segment that we call Second Chances. Our pod is a pod of second chances. Okay. And Second Chances is, is, is a, a, a theme that we've seen a lot with, with Randy uh, that a lot of people kind of blew him off as a kid and it, it took, you know, revisiting him, you know, further down the road and really diving deep for, for, for me at least, and for many people I've talked to, to really appreciate where he's coming from. So my question to you is, who is your second chance? Who's someone that we've heard of that we need to go back and dive deeper into? Oh, man. Yeah, that's, I, I tell you, that's... everyone gets stumped on that one. That's an excellent question. Um it's really funny. The first name that comes to mind is really, it's either Bruce Springsteen, who everyone loves anyway, or Fiona Apple. Um, and I, I know that everybody rolled their eyes at how popular Fetch the Bolt Cutters was. But for me, having heard Fiona Apple growing up and not like kind of writing her off as like kind of just like a Lilith Fair character, yeah. Um, as opposed to some of the songs on bolt cutters are really solid. And I was like, Oh, this is good. Like <laughs> I, I put this on a playlist kind of good. So if you haven't listened to her, which I think everyone has, she's a good second time around. No, I, I've definitely blown her off. Um, you know, when title came out, I mean, 
I I didn't really even listen to you know other other than you know you know criminal being on the radio over and over again. But I I kind of got the feeling that she was being uh, uh, marketed as this kind of Lolita character, which really didn't resonate with me. So yeah, I need to go back and listen to her. What, what should I start with? Um, honestly, I think for for me as kind of my reintroduction. Um, and as I think I should preface this by saying I'm a huge fan of Regina Spector. Mm-hmm. So that uh, Fetch the Bolt Cutters was her 2020 album and her song Under the Table is my personal favorite. And I think it's because it reminds me of Regina Spector to some degree. It's very piano heavy, very weird. Um, I don't know. You're making a face. <laughs> oh, no, that's just my normal face. So okay. this is why yes. I always turn the camera off people. <laughs> No, understand. I walk into the grocery I, store and people apologize when they see me. So, oh. I, I, yeah, I, I've realized that I overcompensate, try not to have resting bitch face um, by kind of doing this expressive thing where I kind of look like Alexis from Schitt's Creek with like the big eyes uh-huh, and like yeah. too much smile. And I'm like, oh, I'm being really peppy in this meeting. <laughs> I should dial it back before people think that's that I'm like a pleasant person they can ask for things because no please don't oh, but <laughs> Lindy I haven't been in a meeting for five years uh, I'm self-employed and it is the nicest feeling not to have to worry about stuff like that honestly I I started working remote well before the, the pandemic uh-huh. I got a job at an all remote uh marketing agency and it has been the greatest to just have the option to turn my camera off from time to time and just be yep. like no it's a sweatpants day I'm not doing this. Then I got promoted and I had to turn on my camera, but still, it was a good year. It was like really solid. No, it's so weird. And I think a lot of this is because I'm dealing with engineers and we're just not social mm. people. But my biggest client, I have never met face to face. I've never, I don't know what he looks like. It's yeah. just email back and forth for years. It's just, I, I mean, my, a lot of my coworkers were hired right around the pandemic. And so they were onboarded remotely. We never got together. We don't have like a, a shared workspace. Um, and our company's home base is like two hours south of me. So I was like, oh, I'm actually about to like, now that everyone's vaccinated, I'm about to meet people that I've been working with for over a year. And that's odd, but I guess this is fine. <laughs> well, speaking of yes. the pandemic, you have brought... Yes. You have brought a pandemic anthem for us. Tell, tell With me what, absolute delight, yes. <laughs> tell me what song you've brought for us today. So, so the song is called Stay Away, <laughs> which is, as soon as I saw it, because you were like, what song would you like to do? And I was like, kind of running through a few in my head. And I was like, I think people have done these already. And then I, I clicked on Stay Away and I was like, oh my God, this is... Oh, this is too good. Like, the lyrics are too good. The whole thing is too good. Folks, take a few minutes. You, uh, you can find it on Spotify or on, on YouTube, but listen to Stay Away that came out last year. And once yeah. you've done that, uh, we will be right back. Okay, so we're back. This is this is a fun little song. It's there have not been a lot of 
quarantine songs. There have not been a lot of pandemic songs, but but Randy kind of jumped right in. This was he, early. He does that though. Like he when something happens, he's kind of like Weird Al or like even Ray Stevens in that way where he's like, I gotta do a song about it. And it's like, <laughs> do you? But then he does and it's pretty great. Yeah. Um I wouldn't be surprised if he wrote this for a specific audience, like CBS Sunday Morning was like, would you write something about the pandemic? And he was like, I am doing nothing. Absolutely, I will. Uh, but. It starts off with, with this, this great image, Venus in sweatpants, which uh, I, m- makes me think of that, uh, that Velvet Underground song, Venus in <laughs> Furs. Yes, <laughs> yeah. It's a good pull. But it, here he is with this... Uh, you know, this you know, love of his life that he's been with for 30 years and uh, we're not dressing up we're, we're just kind of hunkering down but uh, yeah but she's still his his Venus it resonated with me because I got married actually during the pandemic oh really <laughs> yeah. okay okay oh I'm, I'm just trying to picture the logistics of that you got to tell me oh. about this so we still haven't had a reception. We probably won't have one until 2022 because we haven't been planning one. Um, and we realized that putting it off a year was not going to happen. But anyway, uh, we couldn't get our deposit back on our venue in October when it was clear that things were getting worse and not better. So we planned a wedding for like seven people <laughs> at a venue for 200. <laughs> Um, we were able to <laughs> negotiate down so we didn't have to pay like the catering fees and things like that. Cause it was an all-inclusive venue, but yeah, I literally, I wore my dress. He wore a suit. Like we made our immediate family dress up. My brother officiated. He got ordained online like overnight. Um, and it was chaos. But the thing about getting married during the pandemic is you do literally realize like, oh, this is not only are we have we made like a semi-permanent legal decision, like a very heavy decision. We also kind of are stuck in the house with only each other for a while, like until this like goes away. So we're really about to find out if we like each other. (laughs) And um, he, there's a lyric in here that's like, baby, keep your distance. Please stay away from me. Words of love in times like these, I'm going to be with you 24 hours a day. A lot of people couldn't stand that, but you can. You'll be with me 24 hours a day. What a lucky man I am. But it's like interspersed with like, stay away from me. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. It's like, I, yeah, this, this song resonated of like, oh, we're together 24 hours a day immediately after getting married. Not in a honeymoon capacity, but in like a, we're working in one room now. This is <laughs> fun. Yeah. I mean, it's been like six months. I still like him, but... <laughs> It's still. Oh, that's a, it's a story you'll be able to tell you the rest of your life. That's yeah. I mean, I think there's so much about this pandemic that is like our kids won't want to hear about. You know, like I right. think there's there's so much that that in 20 years we'll just be like trying to tell these stories. It's like okay, you know, you sound really old right now. It's like okay, so you don't care, but um. Yeah, I think being stuck in a 600-square-foot apartment with my new husband for eight months so far has been a big adventure. Wow. That sure yeah. sounds like it. 
touching on that, yeah. you talked about how people aren't going to want to hear about this 20 years from now. That's something I've been thinking about a lot. I, I, I kind of went down this rabbit hole when I knew that we were going to talk about, uh, about Stay Away. Because I was like, this has really been the only song that I can think of that is addressing this. Um, yeah, I'm sure yeah. that there are people, I'm sure there's music out there that's kind of touching on it, but this is like the only direct, all right, we are in a, a quarantine kind of song that I can think of. Yeah, and I think the only love song maybe yeah, about being quarantined with someone, at least. And but I remember the first time I heard this was in May. Uh, he was on Colbert's show and, and performed it. And, you know, even in May, uh, I was like, that's, you, you really put this out in a hurry. But then I went back and realized he released this on April 8th of last year. But think about it. The Imagine video that was supposed to fix loneliness oh. came out like two weeks into the pandemic i've like, forgotten it was... about the imagine video. there was there was a rush of like oh this is only going to be for like three weeks so we better capitalize on it as fast as we can and it's like virologists were quietly being like it's going to be a year and a half don't get crazy but like i think there was that those stages of denial that we were all in of like it's just a few weeks and it was like it's just a few months that was like oh it's a lot of months okay so I can see him being like, I got to get this out before it's over. And it's like, well, it has been over a year, but we'll see. <laughs> and I, I love how it's it's already outdated. Yeah. It's, don't touch your face. When was the last time you heard someone say, don't touch your face? I mean, personally, I grew up with a mom who was obsessed with us not giving ourselves acne. Oh, okay. So yeah. I've, I've been yelled, don't touch your face for years, but... Um, yeah, it was back when we thought it was, it was contact driven and not, uh, like an aerosolized airborne issue. I, I saw Jen Kirkman tweeted a couple of days ago that she was watching something that was filmed in like April and she's just screaming at the screen. It's airborne. It's airborne. Oh, what was it? I was, there was something where it was like, oh, we'll be fine as long as, you know, we all sanitize. And it's like, meanwhile, all the, you know, it's like everyone was there unmasked. It was a concert. Someone wore rubber gloves to a concert. What? Like, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was Holly Laurent, the comedian, was saying that she and, and Greg Hess went to a show um, at like the Greek or something. And it was like, they were debating whether to go. It was the first like week of the pandemic. And they were like, oh, we'll go, but we need gloves. And so they wore kitchen gloves to an outdoor concert, but they were like, there were thousands of people there and we were sitting inches away from them and people were singing along, people were shouting, people were drinking and spitting and being disgusting. And they were like, we were worried about not touching things because we thought it was all surface transfer. Yeah. And it's like, ugh. It's wild. Yeah. I, I was going back trying to, to time everything. And I guess about March 15th is when, when I shut things down here, um, if I'd been in Seattle, it would probably be a little earlier. Um, but I remember going to a conference on March 14th and looking around going, well, nice seeing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, March, like we started kind of hunkering down end of February because obviously it was close by. But um, March 18th was my, I think, 
like my official shutdown date and i only say that because that's the last time i had a drink and that is my sober anniversary (laughs) (laughs) because i picked the dumbest quarantine activity sobriety (laughs) (laughs) so i'll always know what day i went into quarantine because i remember i i like drank a ton and then was like yeah we're not doing this anymore (laughs) so yeah it's yeah i i just can't I mean, I know that like, like conferences and things like that and cons are coming back, but like, you know, my husband was like, do you want to go to PAX in September? And I was like, I really don't, even though I'm fully vaccinated, I'm good. I think, I don't know if I'll ever go back to like embracing being packed into a convention center with other people. I I think those days are done for me personally. Well, those days were done for me 25 years ago, so not not too harsh a transition for me. Tell me some more what grabs you in this this song. It's just it's just him and the piano, you know. Yeah, nope. and I I love that. That's my favorite Randy Newman, like my favorite way that he he does things. Like I I love his his orchestral like um, movie scores and stuff. I think I think they're great, and I think you know I didn't even realize that he scored the Natural, which is one of my favorites. Oh, we could talk um, about the Natural all night. I love the Natural. I love the movie, and I love the score, but. Um, I think some of my favorites of his are, are the ones where it's just him and the piano and it's, it's more stripped down. Um, but I also really, I like the way that he kind of does like the sidelong glance at a topic and, and this one, you know, with this one, he kind of, he's, he's making a joke, but he's also, it's a very earnest love song. And I, I do like that a lot. Yeah. I like that. It's an earnest love song. He's, he is being very practical. Uh, like you know, saying like, be kind to one another, tell her you love her every day. I'm like, that's very sincere advice from someone who's been married a long time. But also he's like, don't touch your effing face. (laughs) I kind of appreciate that too. Like that's fun to me. There, there's some, uh, I I think the, the YouTube that he put out on this, he he says, and don't touch mine either. Yeah. It's if the kids are frightened, tell them not to be afraid, but don't let them touch your face. (laughs) Like, Oh yeah, don't let yeah, don't let the kids touch your face. I didn't see that. Which is a good rule, honestly. Sure. If a kid's touching your face, like kids are disgusting. So you know, he that that, that line really grabs me that, that he's he's giving advice about about being upfront with the kids. Cause Yeah. I don't know. He has such a weird relationship with kids. Uh, you know, yeah. Alex and I have talked about that a lot that you know, so many of his his Pixar songs are basically, yeah, uh, life's probably not going to deal you a real good hand. <laughs> better, better be prepared now. <laughs> he reminds me of my grandpa in that way. I my mom's father was very, from day one, like I'm going to talk to you like you're an adult. So mm-hmm. listen up. Yeah. And I I kind of have always gotten that vibe from Randy Newman where he's like, listen, kid, like just between you and me, it's rough out there. <laughs> And it's like I kind of love that with my my talking toy movies. You know, my my wife worked with, with kids for a long, long time, and, and yeah. kids in in tra- traumatic situations. Uh, and you know, she's always said, you know, "Don't don't ever teach them something that has to be untaught." Yeah. Answer their question. Don't answer the question that you think you're hearing in your head, and you know, just be direct with them. And you know, that's yeah. it's just something that she excels at. Kids are frightening me, so yeah, I don't have to worry. My about it. my co-host Taylor 
uh, has a similar effect on children where his, his nieces and nephews, his wife's nieces and nephews will see him and just burst into tears. Cause he's just huge. <laughs> and he's like the nicest guy. And he's just like, really? Like, you're just going to, okay, that's fine, I guess. But yeah, that's, <laughs> it's something we've talked about a lot where his wife's like, what if we had a baby? And he's like, is it going to be scared of me too? Cause like babies don't like me. <laughs> But, but you know he's being direct to the kids here he's saying yeah well and and they have a 10 year old daughter who's very uh it's his wife's daughter and and he met her when she was about seven and she immediately was like i'm gonna ask you a lot of hard questions and he was like okay like their relationship <laughs> is very like peer it's, it's very funny I, I like this idea of uh you know don't be afraid but but be smart about it that's I, I don't know if you've got this up here, but up up there, but in, in Oklahoma and a lot of the the evangelical community, there's been this mm-hmm. this this faith not fear movement this year. Oh, yep. I'm not going to yep. be afraid of no bug. Yeah, which is, yeah, uh, yeah smart. I I'm not going to say I'm surprised. You know, I understand the the foundation. Of that and so yeah naturally that's kind of where it went but I, I love how he's being up front with the kids here yeah I, I also think though at that point in time when he released it people were so there was like this vibe though of like how scared should I be was kind of the big question it wasn't should I be afraid or should I be careful it was like how afraid should we be where where is this and I think, unfortunately, there was a huge amount of misinformation that we, you know, now now know was misinformation being disseminated on like a federal level. Yeah. And so I think, like, you know, at the time, this was probably a very reassuring message of like, it's okay to be scared, but you need to be smart. Like, you know, don't be too scared. But yeah, yeah, because was, and I, I get that. I get the danger of panic. You mm-hmm. know, I, I I get that. You know, you know, for a while we were out of flour, you know, things like that. Just, just people panicking and, and making really rash decisions. Well, even now with like the gas thing, like people are putting gas in cardboard boxes. It's like, who is this helping? Yeah. It's not even holding the gas, but it's it's anxiety driven. It's it's doing something when you don't know what to do. And I think we've seen some pretty uh, exaggerated examples of that over the past year of people who just need to do something. Yeah. One thing I like about this song, and I'd like your your take on it, is is that it was this snapshot in time. This was written when we didn't know, you know, we didn't know the facts, but we didn't know how long it would last. We didn't know how bad it can be. And I love how we have that moment captured in time. We, you know, it's easy for us to kind of rewrite history and go, oh, well, I I, I knew all along that. It, yeah. That rubber gloves weren't going to help me or, or what have you. Yeah, I, here we have, you know, this exaggerate calling it history, but we have the, this 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 piece written down of the time without without the benefit of hindsight. Dang it! I also think though, like this song really reminds me of things that we heard from like the press or from scientists or whatever a year ago, and we couldn't wrap our heads around them at the time. You know, like hearing this could last 18 months before we get a vaccine. Like, I'm glad it didn't, but we're still, you know, we, we are at the tail end, hopefully, 
But at the time, the idea that it would last more than three months was unimaginable. And I think, like, there's so much that we, as just, like, a group, as, as humans, have been through that seemed so insurmountable at the time. And I think this really, like, kind of, it's a snapshot from a time when that stuff seemed absurd, and we were able to confidently say, this is absurd, we can all just be calm. And it's like, actually, we've been doing this five minutes at a time for the past year. Um, yeah, it's just interesting, because this this very much reminds me of, like, you know, checking the news constantly, checking things to just get information, but being like, surely this won't be that bad. And it kind of has that, surely this won't be that bad energy, when, like, it kind of ended up being pretty bad. But, you know, we all did our best. I went back and and started looking at, I, I decided to, to do the, this web search on songs of the Spanish flu. Because okay. I was like, all right, how were people doing this in popular culture, you know, the, the last time around? And there were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of apocalyptic music, a lot of, okay, we haven't been living right Jesus is coming soon kind of stuff uh, that came out of, of, of the last pandemic. This, the last pandemic actually sparked the dumbest, uh, like, legendary home remedy in my family. Oh. Because, yeah, so my dad's great-grandpa dug trolleys in San Francisco and um, during the Spanish flu. Wow. And he, is his grandpa or his great-grandpa? I don't, I, probably his grandpa. Uh, as like a young man and uh, (laughs) he was digging the trolley lines and no one in the family got uh, the Spanish flu because one of the Italian men who worked with him, he was from Ireland, his coworker was Italian, um, taught him to mix his dip with garlic, his chewing tobacco. Uh And so he ended up replacing it with garlic because it was, it was hot, so hot some days that wearing a mask was, like you were far enough away from other people you could probably take it off but it was really uncomfortable and so a lot of the guys would take off their net gaiters and pop garlic in like their pack of lip with garlic which is disgusting and <laughs> explains why no one in my family had good teeth till like the 80s wow. but uh chewing garlic became an iconic thing for my dad's side of the family and it was something that even when I was a kid, it, it was something where my, my grandpa was like, oh, you won't get sick if you eat, eat a lot of garlic. You won't get sick if you chew a lot of garlic. And I guess garlic has certain properties that can be like anti-something, antimicrobial, antibacterial, whatever. It's not a replacement for wearing a mask. I want to say that on the air. Wear a mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm really proud of my parents because they, they masked and got vaccinated and all that. Like they, they believed the science and they listened to the people. So good for them. But, uh, yeah, it, it really makes me laugh because growing up, I remember hearing the story and just being like, wait, he had to wear a mask? And, like, it was, like, all this, like, stuff in my dad was like, well, yeah, there was, you know, a really bad flu. And I was like, but it's the flu. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you don't know what a plague is. Right, right, right. And so it's really funny as an adult to hear these stories from 100 years ago of, like, what my family just being exactly as ridiculous as they are now, just in the last plague. You know, it's... <laughs> It totally fits. Like, I could so see my dad being like, we're just going to chew garlic. I'm so grateful he didn't. <laughs> but, yeah. I'm, I'm amazed we didn't see more folk remedy <laughs> stuff like that. 
well and what's so funny is is the the family legend is is you know he's digging the trolley and that this cop came up to basically be like you have to wear a mask because san francisco was a hotbed for the spanish flu Mm -hmm. and my my great grandpa turned around and was like what i didn't hear you and apparently his breath was so pungent that the cop was like i don't i'm not even gonna carry on just don't talk to me that's disgusting and I just think about how bad someone's breath would have to be for in 1918 for someone to be like, wow, your breath is really bad. <laughs> like they hadn't invented toothpaste yet. Like, yeah. Anyway. I read and I, I don't know why I read this, but I read a biography of the Birdseye company. Okay. Henry Birdseye. And uh, he would freeze dry anything. He would any kind of food he would try to to get frozen and mass produced, and uh, in like 1944 he uh, had this this little house by a, a naval base, and there were like ten sailors that were there on leave, and his wife brought all these USO girls there for a mixer, and nice. before the party starts he sends all the sailors downstairs because he has just figured out how to freeze dry garlic. And he gets all these sailors to, you know, pop four or five cloves and then go upstairs. Girl. And within five minutes, all the USO girls were gone. And Birdseye's <laughs> wife nearly killed him. As as a meddling wife myself, uh, I would be livid. <laughs> like, like, nothing is more satisfying than, like, pairing people up and being like, you will be happy. And, like, having your husband feed them all garlic right before would be horrifying that really was a wild because he's so funny he, he like he was 60 and he told his wife guess what we're moving to peru what cool <laughs> yeah that's chill <laughs> i i do kind of love those stories though where you have like just like that that loyal wife figure in the background being like okay well if we're not starving or homeless go off i guess like just you know, these, these women in history that embraced the fact that their husbands were totally like off the wall and they were just like, all right, well, uh, I still like you. And I guess it's this now. <laughs> it's, like, it's pretty relatable. <laughs> Back to the song. Yeah. You'll, sorry. <laughs> you, no, you'll be with me 24 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Dang right. Okay, here it comes. Here comes the world-famous wheel. I'm so excited. And folks, you can play along at home. Go to Twitter at Wheel of Randy. Go to our pinned tweet. And the second tweet in that pinned tweet thread, boy, what an easy way to describe things, is this green spinning wheel that Lindy is doing right now. So whenever you're ready, just shout out stop and read what we land on. Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. Stop. Cowboy. Okay. This is an old one. This is from 1968. (laughs) Folks, take a few minutes to listen to Cowboy by Randy Newman. It is off his self-titled album. And Wendy and I are going to listen to this together real quick. And we will be right back
Yes. I refer to that Randy Newman album as the handsome album because it's like the only one of his where he doesn't look like 50 on the cover. Um, oh. oh, pause. I will be right back. You've got to see this. <laughs> I've never had a host just run out of the room on a podcast before. I was, like, I, I was at the record store and I found the alternate cover to this record. Okay. Where, you know, he's kind of a young man on it. This sure. was the original artwork. Okay. What? Is that? what? I, I, I mean, honestly, I don't think I ever considered that Randy Newman has a full body. I, feel like I he's know. Always sitting down I know. At a piano. Is he? Is he tall? Like these are questions I never considered. Okay, I, we 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 discussed this in short people in the short people episode. He is six feet tall. Okay, but yeah, even in this one, he looks <laughs> I, like a narc. He's. <laughs> He looks 50 when he's 22. He has he has old man slash cop energy as yeah. a young man for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um yeah. Also though, I I like really quickly tried to Google whether Cowboy was ever used in a Toy Story movie. And because it sounds like the theme to like Sad Woody. But yeah, it does. I don't think it ever was, though. No, it wasn't. Um, there, yeah, you talked about the natural. There's there's hints of what's going to be the natural in this. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That that very kind of wide soundscape. Yeah. Which the natural was the film um, in high school when I took a, a film class that my teacher used to illustrate film scoring versus soundtrack. So soundtrack is pre, uh, like, it's like needle drop. It's how it's defined, quote unquote, as needle drop songs. So songs that were already in existence in rotation, like um, the Garden State soundtrack, how those were all songs that you could find in the world on the radio. Right, 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 right. Versus songs that were written for the film to accompany the film. You know, and, and most films do a mix or they'll release one score, one soundtrack. Like uh, Wes Anderson does that a lot where he'll have, he'll have a score by whoever i'm trying to remember who his score guy is and i can't remember right now it's the same guy every time but then he'll also release a separate album of like it's the rolling stones it's the shins it's whoever else he's into at that point um yeah so for the life aquatic he had uh sir george do a lot of the soundtrack by covering songs in portuguese nice (laughs) yeah queen bitch in portuguese is quite interesting (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's that the natural was the film that was shown to our class to illustrate how music written for a film can change the film. Um, boy, cowboy is is such a bummer. (laughs) It has, I think it's going to rain today energy. It does. Of like, Oh, I think I'll just write a song that'll be responsible for a lot of deaths. (laughs) And it's like, okay. Uh, have we considered doing something else with your weekend? And Randy's like, no, 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 shut up. I'm sad. Well, I, there was a, there's a thing about, I think it's going to rain today where it literally has, I'm sure you know this, but it's Uh-oh. the saddest song in the world. I, yeah, I can see that. And, and it, it, it has been blamed, I think for the, the most suicides. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, it's it's considered the saddest song ever written by a, a large group of people. And I, I believe I learned that from the Gilmore Guys podcast. Ah. <laughs> because there's a cover of it by like Nora Jones or somebody. And they were like, did you know that's the saddest song in the world? <laughs> it, it was like definitely one of those moments where you like slowly remove an earbud and you're like, what am I listening to? <laughs> But it's one of my, it's probably my favorite Randy Newman song because it's so feeling. But like, sometimes he just writes these songs that are like, I picture him as like not a bummer guy. So like, you know, I think about him in, in the context of Toy Story or Monk or like, you know, some of his more jovial, family friendly stuff. And I'm like, I don't think he's sad. But then like, I hear his music and I'm like, he's got to be really sad, right? Like, either that or he's an asshole because he's just writing these songs that like bring people to like absolute despair and he's like ah it's a jungle out there like it's like don't be that guy i i I think what it is i i think that he just understands the human psyche better than most people and can manipulate it a little bit yeah i definitely think he he has his his finger on kind of the dial of how to make people feel yeah because cowboy only has like 30 words in it i know i was there counting it going yeah yeah it's it's like it's like the cat in the hat but like it's also like very feeling and it tells an entire story and it's you know the plot of up and (laughs) it just yeah, I, I love Cowboy because it's not, you know, it, it, it can work on so many levels. You know, it can talk about the death of the West, and he loves Cowboy imagery. He, he's got four or five Among songs. Us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he talks about that Roy Rogers lunchbox he had in kindergarten. That was a real thing. He grew yeah. up idolizing Cowboys. But, you know, you've got the death of the West, but it can also turn into kind of this gentrification thing, you know, mm-hmm. that this paradise this city is where did this come from Uh, yeah he beat Joni mitchell to the punch yeah (laughs) and then there's just growing old there is that he was what 23 (laughs) when he wrote this but he looked and felt like he was 40 okay (laughs) that's that's fair (laughs) normally when you say someone's an old soul it's a little more positive than that but he's just just the, he's an old soul oh he's smart now he's depressing there you go. <laughs> i just love the idea of being too tired to try to fight anymore like, and you're like not even at the point where you have hangovers or like gray hair or anything <laughs> like you could still like drink an entire keg by yourself and wake up feeling fine but i guess things are getting really sad for you <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh my gosh one of these I, I I just got Randy's biography and I haven't I haven't had the courage to open it up yet because I was like I, I I'd rather kind of fill in the blanks myself <laughs> I don't want to find out about this childhood and figure out where all of this is coming from in my mind truly even though I've seen you know pictures of him in his 20s he obviously wrote some of songs in his 20s he will he he sprung up from the earth fully formed at 60 and wrote you've got a friend in me in my mind oh, there you go <laughs> and I'm I'm fine with that. <laughs> I think I would also be a little disillusioned to find out he was once a tween. <laughs> it's upsetting. It's... Oh. Lindy, help me out with something. Yeah. Next part of this is called This Week's Cover. This 
cover. Where okay. I recommend a Randy's song that someone else has sung. None okay. is really coming to mind right now. So I've pulled up secondhandsongs.com and I'm just kind of going through here and, and looking at, at songs that, that cover covers that people have done. Are there any Randy songs that that you want to, to look at and see if we can find someone who's done a good cover of it? I think a lot of my a lot of my Randy knowledge is pretty surface. So I'm I'm a little like I'm probably gonna recommend one people have already done. Um I can't believe there are thirty-two artists covering Louisiana nineteen twenty seven. That's I guess Hurricane Katrina was probably good for that one. Yeah, but Katrina was yeah. good for that and yeah. I'll, good and bad, obviously. Yeah. Um I'm always curious to hear whether people think I Love L.A. is truly ironic, because I've heard people say that I Love L.A. is a great song about loving L.A., and it makes me laugh really hard. <laughs> I've found that people from L.A. have very, very strong opinions about it. <laughs> um, let's see. I, I mean, 27 people covered short people. That's... Let's look at those. Let's see if there's yeah, a surprise on curious. that. I'm very curious. Let's look at these 27. My my mother is only five foot three, and the song "Short People" sends her into a rage, regardless of how ironic it is. Okay, um, Chevy Chase. I can think of no better All right, cover for my turn on Wheel of Randy. Yes. <laughs> okay, we got to pull this up. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. This cannot be. Did she have a? Did that say Chevy Chase had an album with songs? This must be a variety show. All right. I don't know what I've gotten this into. Short people got more reason. Short people got more reason. Short people got more reason. The audience is just statues still. There's so much to unpack. (laughs) Who is he trying to sound like? I think he's doing an impression. I can't put my finger on it. It's almost like a Dr. John. I think he's trying to do a Randy Newman impression. It's actually the only time Chevy Chase ever said anything nice about people, so... <laughs> Pretty much. First. Is he having a stroke? This is insane. Oh, midnight special. I pay for short people around me. Okay, all right. You did this to kiss Paul Simon's ass. It all makes sense. There we go. I am not playing the next minute and a half of this. I'm pulling the plug. Okay, I've got... It's so funny that you mentioned Dr. John. That, yeah. It reminded me from the jump of Will Sasso's Randy Newman impression, which... Yeah. (laughs) Was unfortunately really formative for me. Um... (laughs) But also, this was, like, the era where, like, Chevy Chase was doing stuff with Paul Simon because of SNL. Like, he was in the You Can Call Me Al video. Yeah, yeah. They, like, yeah. He was doing so much cocaine. It was just a different time. Okay, I am. Okay, this makes sense. I'm looking at Midnight Special. Midnight Special was on NBC on Friday nights after The Tonight Show. And it was narrated by Wolfman Jack. So that's what okay. he's going for with his voice. Got it. Burt Sugarman was the creator. This looks like it was a really cool show. And it looks like Chevy Chase was on at the very end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this would be 
just like right around the time he left us and because it said 1980 right 1980 yeah he yeah yeah he's been that's right around when caddyshack is coming out so kind of his trying to make a name for himself i guess yeah because like he did the thing where he you know he tripped up stage and all that getting to the piano ha-cha-cha i don't know man i really wish he was a nicer person right me too yeah he's oh he's such a gross gross man and it's so disappointing i had the biggest crush on him as a kid like see that yeah like i was just like oh this very handsome man is in all the movies my dad likes i'll marry him one day and it's like no he's gross and mean and racist yep Mm. weird that he you know when you when you make it i want more short people it really takes away the uh the lesson that you're supposed to learn from short people We've learned nothing about prejudice, segregation, or racism today, but we did learn that Chevy Chase has a short people fetish. There you go. That's about it. Yeah, if you're going to write a response song, don't just change a few words around. It's like um, like a worse version of Kanye West turning I've Got a Woman into Gold Digger. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, let's just reverse the message, except it's like, how do we not upset anyone I know we'll change the whole song. Yeah. Okay. That's this week's cover. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> we're all, we're both very, very sorry. <laughs> but we're not sorry to have had such a great guest. Lindy, thank you so much for being here. How, what's yes. the best way for people to get hold of you? Um, I'm on Twitter at Lindy Mackey. That's uh, probably the best place to find me. Uh, listen to Hello Out There. We're everywhere at Pod Out There on Twitter, Facebook, the internet, every every place. Um, yeah, we would love to get some Wheel of Randy listeners that aren't already uh, aren't aren't already there. Well, if, if if you like Wheel of Randy, you got to get to Hello Out There. And if you haven't heard uh, Lindy's Praise Down episode, go back and do. It was so good they turned it into two parts. That was just... I talked so much they turned it into two parts. It it deserved every bit of it because that record, you know, when when that record came out, I was like, I know I'm supposed to be listening to this, but this is a little creepy. It it's one that yeah, I I was able to really dive into it as like an adult woman, which was a very different perspective than when I was like 11 mm-hmm. listening to it on a CD Walkman, um, and like yeah man it's it's rough and it just got it went it goes to places that even i was like not prepared (laughs) like we were like oh this is this is like sexism and tokenism and all this stuff like we were like this is bad Uh (laughs) and we went in just thinking we'd we'd hang out and have a good time with some cheesy christian rap and and, and then two h's and an n (laughs) towards the end yeah no 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 no. Uh, well there was so much like Michael Tate blink if you need help by the end of that. Like we were like, are you okay, bud? Like for real. But since that came out, Kevin Max actually has come out as saying he's no longer a Christian. Nice. Which led I, well, uh... neutral. <laughs> well, he's, he's an evangelical, which sense. can mean anything. That can mean you, know, ex- ex- I, you can call me that for goodness sake. When I'm that's that's how I personally identify. Kind of... yeah, yeah, sure. And okay. you know, I, I think it's, it's a good next step for someone who wants saying about wanting a specific kind of girl mm. uh <laughs> but um who kept her yeah, mouth was... you know <laughs> yeah. 
I was, I really genuinely, my first date with my husband was pretty much the date that ended with Toby Matt getting slapped, except we got married. So like, what does that say? Oops. I would love to be taken to Olive Garden so I could smoke and drink and cuss, but whatever. Lindy, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Well, that's it for another episode of Wheel of Randy. We are part of the Good Trash Media Network and can be found on Twitter at Wheel of Randy. For links to all of the shows uh, and as well as links to the songs that we discuss on these shows, go to Twitter at Wheel of Randy. Go to our pinned tweet and that will take you to a blog spot with all of these. Yes, a blog spot, because it's 2021. <sighs> Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. We are a water and sewer engineering firm out of Oklahoma and Texas, specializing in hydraulic modeling. Give us a call at 405-426-7634. couple of thank yous. Thank you to Brian Mays for our artwork. You can check him out on Facebook at Brian Mays Art. Thank you to Matt Farley for our theme song and for our Spin the Wheel song and for our This Week's Cover song. You can check him out at Moturn Media. That's M-O-T-E-R-N Media. Thanks to Alex Sanchez for our Second Chances song. Thanks to everyone out there who has promoted the show, who's given us a good rating, who's given us a review, uh, and just thanks for listening. It means a lot to me. And thanks for staying home. Come on, a couple more months, folks. We've got this. Stay home. Listen to the wheel. Don't get infected. Don't infect others. And maybe society will... See you next time. Bye. It's Wheel of Randy.